if you want advice about what you should do for your career, I would say joining a design agency is probably the best thing. That's what I did. Despite some of his like craziness over the last probably five years, you know who I'm going to say. I yeah. adore Kanye West as like yeah. a musician, as a creative person. I've watched every interview with him. At the end of it, he said, yeah, I would love to have you here. When can you start? And I said, in about two years time. <laughs> and he looked at me, yeah. he said, you're joking, right? And I said, nope, <laughs> I'll see you in two years. Welcome to Entry Level. My name is Ayer. I'm from Live Circular. And today I've got James, a friend of mine who's a designer. And I'm not going to give too much about his intro myself. I want him to talk about himself. So James, if you were to describe yourself in three sentences, how would you go about it? I would say um, that my name is James. I'm a designer. Um, I run a, a small design studio based in London and generally work with startups, tech companies, um, investors. And on the yeah. side, I'm a photographer and I do some other bits and pieces too. How long have you been in London for? I've been in London since 2017. So I don't know, about six years. Okay. And what inspired the move? Uh, so basically, I was actually finishing uni. I was planning to go um, either to the US or just to keep working in Oxford, which is where I was born. Yeah. Um, and I had a great job in, in Oxford. I had an amazing boss and the opportunity came up to move to London. I thought it was something I wanted to do in the future. Um, and the offer or the opportunity just seemed too good to turn down really. So, uh, so yeah, I took it and, um, I yeah. have loved it since then. Right. Okay. I've been looking into the whole US situation recently and I've only realized how difficult it is to get a visa. I'm so surprised that you didn't take the opportunity now. I know. I uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's a, lo a lot of opportunities I've had that have been ones I've looked back on. Maybe I should have done, maybe I shouldn't have done. Um, but a lot of interesting stuff. I, don't, I wouldn't change anything, I think. That's positive. So you mentioned you have a studio. What's your background like as a designer? Yeah, what's your background? So, um, interestingly, like I got into design through working in the NHS. Um, I, I started out doing IT support, fixing computers and printers and stuff like that, um, in hospital. Yeah. But, uh, messing around with design on the side, I'd always been interested in it. Um, I really got into design properly when I was at school, um, through art lessons. Like I refused to do any of the painting and drawing that they yeah. had to do and just messing around on Photoshop. Um, <laughs> I did that. Um, started messing around with apps on the side, like on pirate copies of Photoshop and stuff on my laptop. Of course, of course. Anyway, that everyone does. Um, and loved it. Honestly, like was just yeah. obsessed with the idea of like UI before it was probably even called UI. Um, and just designing interfaces. I love the constraints. Yeah. And that's what I found most interesting compared to like having like a blank canvas to like paint on, which I just really did not care about. I like going yeah. to like a small screen and having to design these apps and stuff. Um, yeah. That was like the most interesting to me. I So I, I worked at the hospital for a while, um, for like a few years, right after school. Mm -hmm. um, not really considering design as a career. And then weirdly, like through dealing with all of this, like hotel, hotel, hospital software. Hospital. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. works in the hotel, thank God. Um, Dealing with all, all of this software that was honestly was like horrible to use mm. and redesigned. Um, I was kind of frustrated with with how it looked and how it worked. And, and this was coming from someone who was like tech savvy and knew how to use software. There's people who were like doctors and nurses who were in their like 40s, 50s, whatever, who happened to use this software um, yeah. and was like super difficult to use. So I really was kind of confused by that as like a problem. And I asked if I could like tweak some stuff, I'd tweak some of the designs and redesign some stuff, but obviously I couldn't because it was all third party software and they had like contracts for everything. So of course, um, it was like, that's when I was really interested in that's probably when the app store was really like getting like ramped up properly. Yeah. 2011, 2012 around that time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I decided I will go to uni and get a degree in design and then come back and then see where we go from there. Okay went to uni and then never came back <laughs> did you go to university in london as well then no i didn't i went in uh in cheltenham in the university cheltenham. of gloucestershire okay I've it was actually weirdly it was, um, 
I'd never heard of it, even though it was about 45 minutes down the road from where I live. Oh, seriously? Um, and uh, but it was one of the first courses that I found that was doing like any kind of UI design, UI UX stuff like that. So yeah, worked out pretty nicely. What was your course called? Uh, went through a couple of different courses. Like it changed the name like halfway through for some reason. <laughs> it started out as multimedia web design, which yeah, like, I don't think anyone's even said the word multimedia. No, oh my god. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then it changed to digital media and web technology, which was yeah. in the right direction. Yeah. Okay, so multimedia. If anyone, for myself, I'm old enough to know what multimedia means, but wow, um, that that just reminds me of Dreamweaver. Did exactly. you ever use Dreamweaver and like fire fireworks? That was a big part of my uni course, which I refused oh. to, to do. There's I had to do it in um, in university of refusing to do a lot of the things that they asked us to do. For example, they asked us to use Dreamweaver. And I really yeah. wanted to use, I used a thing called brackets at the time. It was like another code editor. Um, I used one called Atom as well. Just anything to be the opposite of what they were asking us, to be honest. I know the one. Uh, brackets was the one with the black, blue, and white low, uh, like icon, right? Yeah, so what? That was beautiful. Uh, I, I know exactly what you mean. And that's why I used it, because it looks so nice. <laughs> well, as a designer, it makes sense, right? Exactly. You mentioned you mentioned you started out designing and then you fell in love with the fact that screens and um, like the UX side of things has constraints. Does that mean that you started out as a graphic designer? Um, I mean, or would you call yourself that? No, I'd, I'd never call myself a graphic designer. I, I mean, if anything, I'm more of a graphic designer now than I was back then. Yeah, um, I, I was always interested in various types of design. I was always like drawing stuff, making like random pictures and stuff. I was always actually into photography. When I was like really young, I was taking a lot of videos and photos of my friends. Mm -hmm. um, I was almost like an unofficial cameraman for my friend group. Um, but I, I would never say graphic design. It was really like, I kind of dived straight into UI UX um, pretty much around that time, 2011, 2012. And that was kind of like where I, I stayed pretty much for the next seven, eight, nine years-ish. It's only in the last couple of years really I've, I've branched out more into things like, I don't know, clothing design or, um, I don't know, more traditional like graphic design, I guess. Really quick one. I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you do find it helpful and you think I'm adding value, it'd mean the world to me if you can share this video or if you're listening to the podcast, if you could share that with somebody that you know who you think can benefit from what's being said in our podcast. But yeah, I hope you are having a good day and we're still on a mission to get 1 million people into jobs and I hope you can be there with me. Take care. Peace. The challenges. Uh, I actually want to... I want to explore that but all right let's do it yeah so in terms of the fact that you've never really been a graphic designer but you've found yourself branching out into it what made what inspired the change because to me they are two massive massive different uh the different disciplines they require yeah, different yeah, parts of your brain for me i'm scared when it comes to the white blank canvas but <laughs> you've been able to make the the adjustment how does it work what's your process it's it's super interesting. I think um, weirdly, like a lot of the time I think of things through a UI like mindset. So mm -hmm. for example, like anyone who's worked with me on, on pitch deck designs, for example, or, or presentation designs, yeah, um, will probably quite clearly see like a very heavy, like UI styling to it. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because to be honest, like a lot of presentation stuff probably does lean more towards graphic design. Um, where I see it like more different is in the fact that you have to really like nicely relay like a lot of information that can be quite boring yeah. and that kind of like transfer of like information or like data is more that side of it at least is more closer to like UI and like UX like mindset okay. at least in my mind. Um, so, so that's really like the main part of it where I, I kind of like started branching out more is and I was always like using Photoshop. Like I, I was using Photoshop when it was like CS1. Um, yeah. Wow. That's so, yeah, yeah. throwback. Yes. And, uh, and that was like a pirate copy. The first like real version I got, I think was CS3. Yeah. Um, really? And so like, I've got a good, like 
yeah. probably at this point probably 15 years of like photoshop like heavy knowledge so which obviously yeah. is a lot more like graph graphic side um what really changed was when i started applying a lot of the like graphic design ideas and styling stuff that i'd done to either photography that i was doing or um mm. or just as like a way to kind of um make the the presentation designs that i was doing a bit more interesting so for yeah. example like playing with blending modes and stuff like that that's kind of what got me back into it yeah um, and since then i've been playing around a lot more with um i guess elements in illustrator that also kind of lend themselves to that side which mm. is like uh warp like warping text and things like that that i would normally use in branding but actually has yeah. a lot of nice applications that you can use in other areas um I guess one way to like describe that or one way to talk about it is with a lot of um with a lot of like presentation design and, and like pitch deck design that a lot of companies use who are like in in my like circle i guess of clients is yeah um, startups or tech companies that have raised investment or or investment funds themselves is um yeah. a lot of people just using things like google slides um and, <laughs> and i'm not saying this yeah. is bad it's just the from like the design, design. Point of view, you're so limited of um, course there's really not much you can do and so for example for me using figma um to design my presentations immediately mm. using a design tool i have like 10 times or 100 times probably even the amount of like customizability that that there that other people will have using just google slides or whatever yeah. but then i'll start applying like some of these like warp effects from illustrator or yeah or like these even just like applying textures with blending modes and stuff like that over the top you're probably like okay it by like another 10 on top of that and so it's like i in my mind like what i find really interesting is how can you use like all these different tools together to do each do like a very specific job that yeah. has something that's just like very very different and i think that that applies across anything whether it's like advertising mm -hmm. ui ux design presentations clothing design which is is like more interesting to me at the moment but yeah yeah okay so from correct me if i'm wrong but it sounds like a, a bit of a laid approach so especially when you're doing the pitch deck stuff for your clients it starts out where you work on the fundamentals and then you expand your scope of i guess design taste based on the yeah. things that you would have learned from yeah. your long background in design and on photoshop or illustrator and then i guess you just take it up uh, a notch sequentially after that Totally. That's exactly how I do it. And um, I actually did, yeah. a, I did a presentation like years ago and I've actually got a slide that basically shows exactly that. What you just said It's it's yeah. about 10 slides long and it takes you through like, all of the different 10 steps that I would go through yeah. um, from a presentation. Um, and that's exactly what it is. Like there's the tools that I use that I, I pay for and I use them for one super, super specific job. Yeah. But that one specific thing is like worth it. And I, to be honest, yeah. like, when you give something to a client especially with, I'm using pitch decks a lot, but something that we touch a lot is like mm -hmm. the difference is someone presenting like a white page with black text and they're trying to convince someone that yeah. what they're doing is like worthwhile investing or, or joining the company or whatever it is. Or, or yeah. The difference is when you give them something that looks so unique and so different, the confidence that they actually have to present it, it's just like worlds apart. Yeah. And they feel like the presentation does a lot of the heavy lifting at that point. Um, and they can really just focus on kind of pushing that story along that their own narrative rather than trying to like, I don't know, like just try, like, try and grab the, the investor or whoever it is and just like beg them to like listen to their story. Yeah. Okay. We're going to come back to that. And I really like the topic of, I, I like the direction you were going in, but let's go back to your first job. What was your first job title? My first job title was... In the design world, of course. In the yeah. design world, okay. My first yeah. job title ever was service desk analyst at the hospital. My first design job was, um, I guess, just like designer or a junior designer probably at, at this agency. Yeah. Um, and it was a, an agency that focuses on on um, design for pharmaceutical products. So okay. we were building like websites and apps for big pharmaceutical companies. We were, build, we were designing um packaging for for like medication we're designing mm -hmm. um communities for for doctors to 
discuss like new new diseases and stuff so i worked on honestly some very like bizarre stuff um yeah in in my time there but i think working in an agency although it wasn't something that i really initially planned i found yeah. them through through um through twitter actually doing to do my work seriously with. yeah found it through twitter <laughs> um and was for sure one of the best jobs i had like an amazing team that i was part of an insane yeah. like boss who was just like the most incredible manager still in touch with him today yeah um, and we talk regularly now and he, he has his own agency i've got mine we like very very rarely like but we we like share work sometimes we yeah. meet and talk about new things i even went in and, and gave like a talk to his team um a while ago and i i could really feel the difference of like going into a job as uh what felt like a very like rough designer like i knew what i wanted to do but i didn't necessarily know the best way to do it yeah and then leaving there i felt like a much more like refined designer where i had my style locked down i knew kind of like what my my like my purpose as a designer really was and like what i wanted to work on mm -hmm. um so definitely like i owe a lot to that job okay that makes a lot of sense uh, i like that very rounded answer <laughs> thanks how did you get that job so um what was it was actually quite an interesting story so when i when i first started uni um i actually yeah. didn't have enough ucas points to go to uni so by what i think i can really only put down to as either um a an admin error or or maybe an act of God, I managed to get uh, an unconditional offer to uni without any UCAS points almost. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of a little bit panicking, thinking like, shit, I, am I going to be out of my depth here? Like, what is, what is going on? Mm -hmm. um, and when I landed in the course, um, I saw that there was people in their second year and third year who were like struggling to get jobs. Um, yeah. they, they didn't have work placements lined up and they were supposed to be starting them in a couple of weeks, for example. Um, and so I was really like, shit, I need to get on this like fast if I'm, if I'm gonna actually find anything. So literally yeah. I think within about a month of starting my course in my first year, I was already like applying for work placements, like two years down the line. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I actually sat down for a whole weekend and thought like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start now going to find all of the design agencies and i found them in in england in scotland in sweden in iceland in the us all over mm. the place portugal everywhere um and i was just emailing them like all of the, these ones sat down over a weekend i just just did it yeah uh end up getting a reply from um a quite a well-known designer who had um, a design agency called stuff and nonsense okay. a guy called um called andy clark okay. and uh he replied and said i can't take anyone on but i would love to just tweet out about it if, if you don't mind mm -hmm. um so i said yeah please like i would love it um and so he tweeted i expected him to have a few hundred followers but he actually had about thirty thousand. um crazy so he tweeted like got a really nice email from this guy james he's looking for a work placement from university yeah. if anyone's available to to chat to him please do yeah and i just off that alone, I was to get in straight offers, not even interviews, but straight offers. From Serious. Up and down the country, all over Europe, in the US, yeah. everything. Um, and one of the people that replied to me was a guy um, called Henry, who was at, at this design agency in Oxford. And I yeah. was born in Oxford. I lived just down the road. My university was 45 minutes away. And he said, why don't you come in on Monday for coffee? So um, I went in, spoke to the design manager, a guy called Matt Newman. Yeah. Um, and had a great conversation spoke probably for an hour a couple of hours maybe yeah um, and uh, at the end of it he said yeah i would love to have you here when when can you start and i said in about two years time <laughs> and he looked at me yeah he said you're joking right and i said nope <laughs> i'll see you in two years um yeah so luckily like i spent i spent a weekend doing it sat yeah down, emailed all these places and by probably Sunday morning I had my my reply by Monday afternoon I had my my placement confirmed so serious that's, that's how I got the job I like that that's that's proper awesome. 
<laughs> Even you know, you mentioned you had an act of God before when it came to uni. It sounds like you've had a few of those because I think this... so. I think I've definitely had more than a few. Yeah. What's his name? Andy Clark. Andy Clark being able to blast you to, you know, thirty thousand people plus. Exactly. That's crazy. Shout out. Did you Andy Clark? Did you finish university? Oh, you um, did. I did. You did. I did. I did finish. Um, yeah. There's a few times where I felt like I just didn't really want to be there. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm never really that academic. I was always more interested in kind of just like working outside of uni. Um, yeah. And so throughout my probably second year, my placement year for sure, and then my, my final year, I spent a lot of time like picking up extra freelance jobs, um, a lot of time on Twitter, talking to people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really felt like for a while, like university was holding me back a bit from full speed. Um, I already had my job at this agency lined up for whenever I finished. Yeah. And I, to be honest, I was used to already, especially from working in the hospital, but from working in the agency and everything and doing all these extra jobs, I was used to working like, I don't know, 16 hours a day probably. And so to go back to uni and have like two hours of lectures, like yeah three times a week just felt really weird it felt like a lot slower yeah um, and i think and credit to my uni now because i've been back and given like a few talks since i finished like almost every year i've gone back and, and done a talk and nice. it changed a lot of like the way that they thought about the course um and listened to a lot of my feedback which was really good for example like a lot of the course was very heavily geared towards um like developers and coding and especially people interested mm-hmm. in games, which I just wasn't interested in any of those things. I wanted to purely focus on design. And at the time, the course wasn't really set up to allow for that. So I, I did have quite a hard time a lot with straight up kind of arguing, I guess, with the, the lecturers and like fighting with them to try and, because I, I just wanted to focus on design and really, really nail that down. Yeah. Since I left, they they said that they've really changed the course to allow that which is which i think is really good um and to kind of to support the people who just want to do design support the people who just wanted to do code for example yeah but at the time it wasn't really like that so yeah i definitely considered leaving but ultimately managed to uh, scrape through in the end what kept you there uh i mean my mum was definitely saying please just finish the course and get a degree oh yeah um, there was definitely like that was part of it and i and and at that point like i didn't really have many contacts in the design industry especially in the tech Mm -hmm. industry i think it was still kind of fairly like new um Mm. and like the whole startup ecosystem um i think it was i was still kind of in the mindset that although i knew that if i did like a lot of hard work and i was like really like trying to make um stuff happen myself there would still be an element of like oh, this guy doesn't have a degree, so let's just, like, throw his CV on the pile of, like, no's. Um, yeah. Which I think, fortunately, is, like, very different now. I mean, in all the hiring I've done, I, I have no idea if any of the people have degrees. Um, and so that's probably, like, a decent a decent sign. Um, but at the time, I think I was still, like, maybe a little bit naive to, to how it would go and probably just being a bit cautious as well. Again, very sensible. Mate, it's very sensible. I'm guessing your mum being a big part of, uh, like, your mum pushing you is probably for the better. It sounds like it worked out. And if you, for instance, like, if you left, would it have, would you have been able to have the opportunities that you had after? Looking back, I think I probably would have. Um, oh, I think, I, I definitely think, like, a lot of the decisions I made. I was being cautious, but I knew what I was doing really as well. Um, nothing was really okay. like spur of the moment stuff. And even yeah. like, I, I was also very conscious that like by like working hard and like really set, like setting aside the things that I wanted to do versus what I thought was like a good step for my career, especially early yeah. on, um, I really did know what I was doing, even if I wasn't at uni. I definitely okay. had like a good, um, I had a good, kind of view of both sides because my dad's like always been like self-employed like running his own business as as well yeah i had him on on one side like saying to me like yeah like just keep working hard like whatever you do like if you don't finish uni it's fine if you don't get the best grade it's fine because like you work hard 
like very hard as well. I know yeah. that you have to pick it up. Whereas on the other side, I have my mum saying like, please just get a degree because like you yeah. should have, you should get a degree, et cetera. So I yeah. think I, I had a nice like uh, bit of like both of them like kind of bouncing off each other. Um, okay. But yeah, it was a struggle so, at times. So dad was the risk taker, mum's the keeper, oh, keeper yeah. from the system. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I 100% take over, take after my dad. So, yeah. Um, for example, like after finishing uni and, and when I got this job offer in London, I moved to London and I did it for about 11 months, I think. I didn't really enjoy my time in, in like my first job there. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually, like after 11 months, I left there and interviewed at a few places but ultimately just decided i'm i just don't want to go through the situation of having like a boss that i don't like and especially like i i just hated the the feeling that you get a new job you like it for about three weeks and then yeah. you realize ah this isn't it i think you've got yeah to, you've got to stick there for a whole year or whatever it is because people always say like don't Jump leave off. your job until you've been there a year or whatever. and i said there's no yeah. way i can do this for another 11 months or whatever hating my job and then you got like, the whole awkward thing of like kind of handing in your notice, hanging around for a few weeks, et cetera. I just didn't want to yeah. do it. So I said, I'll just, again, just work really hard to try and make this work as a freelancer. Um, yeah. I never really looked back from then, to be honest. Okay. I guess that leads into my next question. How many jobs did it take before you ended up setting up, setting up the studio? And what was your studio called? Uh, studio is called October. Um, I was born on the 1st of October and, uh, that was really all the thought that went into the name. Uh, it, believe it or not, it's probably about a year to come up with a name during COVID. I was yeah. back, back and forth on a ton of different names. Uh, and in the end, I just thought, fuck it, I'll just, I'll just call it October. And then I'll change, simple. It, I'll change it when I've got something better. And, uh, it's been about yeah. three years now. Um, how many jobs did I have? Design jobs. Yeah two probably the one in the agency and then the one where i was working a startup i didn't really like yeah um, so probably two actual like official design jobs outside of design probably another like three or four jobs on top of that um, yeah but yeah like not that many to be honest um and yeah as as soon as i did it i never really looked back like i i went into freelancing first um but again although it sounds maybe like i just kind of dived straight into it yeah um, there was also like a lot of like thought and preparation that went into doing it and and a lot of stuff again which is probably like a theme is i didn't really know what i was doing but i kind of made some educated guesses of like what was the best way to maybe do it mm. uh, and ended up working out out pretty nicely okay did you you know henry did henry give advice or was he a part of your journey when you went into freelancing uh no, not really, not not really at all. I actually didn't speak to him really at all after leaving the design agency I was at, because um, oh. he he was just a developer there and he was on Twitter. Oh. He just like gave stuff. But um, maybe oh, yeah. we're talking about Matt, who is my boss. Okay, um, maybe Matt. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. yeah sorry. Uh, so yeah, so so Matt was the guy who was like the boss at the um, my boss at the design agency. Um, I think he did. I think he actually gave me like a lot of advice. Um, and I had like a few jobs in London, ranging from like this job at the startup I didn't like, some other bits I was where, I don't know, had problems with clients or stuff like this, people not paying, et cetera. And he definitely like been around the block as a designer and really knew like what to do in a lot of these situations. So a lot of the time he actually did give me a lot of advice. Yeah. Um, I also think I, I felt like if I ever really needed like another job, um, he would probably like be able to give me give me something um okay but yeah i honestly can't speak highly enough of, of this guy who's just like one of the best managers yeah. i've ever had i tell him this pretty much every time i see him and he's probably hearing <laughs> it now so if i if he sees yeah. this he'll be sick of it again fingers crossed fingers crossed uh did you did he give any specific piece of advice that you would love to pay forward to whoever could be listening or watching this video um, so. I, I mean, to be honest, it's been so long that he, that a lot of the advice that he gave me, like people like my dad gave me, even like friends, yeah. 
that gave me is probably kind of all blurred into one. Plus I've got the world's worst memory as well, which doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, I remember getting pieces of advice. Um, a lot of, a lot of advice from people saying that, that like, especially in the design world, if you're really just like focusing on output and the quality of the output that you're doing, like you probably won't have to worry about much else. Yeah. Um, and I know for sure that that definitely stuck with me. Um, the idea that like you can fo you can worry about marketing, you can worry about finding clients, you can worry about your website, you can worry about all this stuff, your pricing, blah, 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 whatever it is. Um, yeah. All of that stuff is important, don't get me wrong. Um, but none of that really matters if the work that you're doing isn't good. Um, whereas if the work that you're putting out consistently is really, really high quality, um, yeah. you won't have to worry about any of the other stuff because there'll never be a shortage of clients. Um, and fortunately, like I, I feel like I made the right choice in get, in taking that advice and really focusing on it. Yeah. And I've tried to, to definitely pay that forward a lot as well. Like I've given that advice to a lot of people. Um, even the designers that like I've worked with through October as well, I've given that same advice to, yeah. um, and I a hundred percent believe it. And I would literally die on this rock. Like, I think it's, it's yeah. one of the pieces of advice, but the reality is, is like also a lot of the people that I've given that advice to, um, especially like some designers that have like messaged me from like my university and stuff to like follow up and things like that. Yeah. They look like they're keen. They they want to hear the advice. You give them the advice, and they just don't really act on it. Um, yeah, and I'm sure they have like a, twenty people giving them tons of different advice. It's hard to pick and choose what you take. But to me, I think I quite luckily landed on that as like quite a, a strong thing to head towards, and it's worked out nicely over over the years. Really. Okay, that's brilliant. So output. How did you manage with output? Was that something that helped you land your first client? If not, how did you land your first client as a free freelancer? Yeah, definitely. Um, it definitely helped for sure. Um, I remember one of the things that really helped was again make just like making educated guesses of of what seemed like smart decisions. Yeah. Um, at the time when I was um, when I was working at this design agency, when I was messaging people like Andy Clark, um, yeah. almost all designers were posting their work on Dribble. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyone who doesn't know, and um, and it used to have a system where you had to be invited to to post your work on that. Yeah. I remember begging people on forums for for invitations yeah. and not getting one. Yeah. And I finally did get one. I think it might have even actually been Andy Clark as well that gave me an invite to Dribble. And I remember being absolutely over the moon when I got got invited to it. Yeah. And I started posting my work on there, and um, I wasn't getting that much work, like freelance requests and things like that. And I was just thinking, like. I'm on a website with like 200,000 other designers, some of which have like five, 10, 15 years more experience than I do. Yeah. And like, why are they going to choose me over choose any of these other people? Like, how, how am I going to stand out? Yeah. Um, and I kept on posting and gradually I posted less and less while I was thinking about it. And in the end, the best way to stand out was just to not post on there at all. And I started posting my work on Twitter instead. Um, at the time, my Twitter was pretty heavily geared towards um, football-related um, tweets, <laughs> and I realized that also wasn't getting me much design work from companies. Yeah, so, um, I cleared my whole whole Twitter. I started um, changing my bio and stuff, and changing yeah. my to be more design-related and things. Started mixing with like different um, different circles on there, and I started like replying to people who were like project managers at Tinder in San Francisco and people who were going through Y Combinator with their startup and things. Started just joining yeah. their conversations. Um, and then I just started posting my work on Twitter instead. And mm -hmm. it seemed like at the time, especially in the circles that I was mixing in, like there wasn't that many designers who were posting their work on Twitter. Yeah. And so it felt like really quickly um, for like the kind of like startup ecosystem in London and all, all these like startup-y like founders and investors and stuff really quickly like i became almost like a go-to designer for them because yeah i was the only one that they were seeing because i was the only one posting my work on twitter everyone else was on dribble still yeah um, and so i built my my twitter following up to maybe like a, a, a 1500 people maybe i'm still only on 2200 or something which is by no means yeah. a lot. but 
you don't that, post that's why <laughs> it's true like i really don't post anymore but yeah. like that 1000 1500 followers i had gave me more than enough like freelance work for the first like two three years of freelancing where i was like mm. never busy to the point where like i even um i even made uh like a page on my website where if i if i post like a tweet like a specific link to it it would come yeah. up and say like i'm now available for for freelance work with like yeah. a nice image that said i was available never posted it once because i never had a, a chance to do it yeah um and so i think that was like a big part of it the the other main one that i would say as well is like it's just joining communities in london like a lot of designers were hanging out with other designers and going to design events and stuff like that mm. and i just went to like events for developers or events for investors events for like founders only and stuff like that and um because all of those people were the people that needed designers if i was in a room with designers like they weren't looking for, for more designers um, Good point. and those two things together probably were the two like best decisions i made early on okay at what point did you go from being a freelancer to ending up you know owning the studio that you've got now so um that's also like a fairly interesting story so um i was was freelancing like you said just by myself um i constantly had like work coming in and i was getting like slightly bigger clients slightly bigger budgets and stuff and, and working with mm -hmm. some like really interesting companies and this was kind of in the lead up to like the end of 2019 i did like a mm -hmm. big project with with a, another design agency was i was helping them for kind of about six seven months um finished up with them had a few months off, um, did, did like a little bit of like, I guess like traveling. Um, and then start of 2020 happens. Um, I went to my old uni to go and give a talk. Yeah. And um, the talk was on freelancing versus like full-time work. And I said in this, um, in this presentation, like full-time work is actually not as secure as you probably think it is. Um, you can be kind of fired at any time. Um, you kind of really are at the kind of like rule of whatever your boss wants you to do. Yeah. And on the same time as a freelancer, like however hard you work, like if you want to make more money, you do more work. If you want to make more money, you raise your prices. Um, you can find clients yourself. And if anything happens, like you've got that to, to lean on. It's, it's only just like on you to rely on. Yeah. And uh, I said like when something bad happens, like if there's like a, I don't know, the stock market crashes or whatever, and there's no jobs. Um, you can't really defend against it if you're in a full-time job. Um, yes. A month, a month later, everyone got locked down because of COVID. Um, and so luckily I was in a place where I was able yeah. to take my own advice and I'd um, been kind of like prepping a little bit for it. And so I'd, although I'd, I'd saved up a bit of money from client projects just in case something happened, um, I was thinking, okay, we're locked down, everything's like going crazy. Um, I'm probably gonna have like a few months here where there's there's not that much work. I just need to like mm. prepare for it. And the complete opposite happened. And my email inbox was full. Like every day I wake up and there was like 10 more emails from from potential clients. There's people booking calls, yeah. people DMing me on Instagram, there's people DMing me on Twitter, etc. Yeah. And I just could not understand like why it had gone so crazy. Um, and so like I mentioned before, it was like bigger clients. It was bigger projects. I was working with people like LinkedIn, Atlantic Records, like big companies that people had actually heard of and stuff. Yeah. Um, and although that was great, there was also more pressure as well um, and more, more pressure to like get the stuff right. And um, the longer that went on, the more nervous I was about just doing stuff myself and also like turning down work as well. When I first started, I remember thinking like, I can't wait to be in a position where like, I just have so much work and now I had so much work coming in that I was having to turn down like more than half of everything that came in, which I just felt wrong as well. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I decided I wanted to start finding some other people. Um, and the real funny part of that, which is almost a bit of like a full circle moment was the fact that I was so focused on the output and the quality, which is the stuff that got me like to that point was yeah. almost um a bit of a, a a downfall here for a while because it took me so so long to find anyone that also had the same values and yeah. so it it genuinely took me maybe like 
nine months to a year to find anyone that I felt happy, like giving work to, um, mm-hmm. who I felt like actually understood the standards. And, uh, and that was that, that year when it happened, um, where, when COVID happened, sorry, was like quite stressful. And at the point where, um, I brought someone else on to help me just made like a big, big difference. Okay. What was, what's the process like for hiring your first per, like your first designer, I guess, when it comes to building an agency or sorry, a studio? So, um, the process for me was, was pretty, pretty crazy. So, um, the, the first person that joined me was, um, a girl called Sade, who I'd known for probably like two or three years at this point. We know, we followed each other on Twitter and Instagram, I think, although I didn't mm-hmm. even know she was a designer at the time. Um, and we hadn't really spoken and eventually just completely out of the blue at the absolute most perfect timing she dm'd me on instagram and said hi james like i'm looking to get into ui ux design would you mind um reviewing like my portfolio let me know if if you have any advice or anything like this and and i'm always keen to to help like new designers starting out so i said yeah yeah, of course um send over so she sent her, her portfolio link and I remember looking at it and thinking, how long has she been a designer for? Because it sounds like she's only been doing it for a few months, but this work is far too good for someone who's been doing yeah. it that long. So um spoke to her, um, gave some advice, and um, I said, like, the work's really good quality, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, and I, I remember saying to her, if you want advice about what you should do for your career, I would say joining a design agency is probably the best thing. That's what I did. Yeah. But equally, if you're not interested in that, um, I'm trying to start a studio um, and I'm looking for my first designer really to work with me. Yeah. And I would love for you to to be that first designer, basically. And um, fortunately, she agreed. And I made it very clear. I said, um, right from the start, I said, this is my first time managing anyone. So I'm probably yeah. getting lots of it wrong. Um, yeah. And I also, but I also said, the other side of it is I will be like as open to whatever you want. There's no egos. Like you can criticize yeah. my work. I can criticize your work. Um, I will teach you as much as you want to know. If you want to start your own studio in the future, I will help you with that. If you want to learn about pricing, invoicing, finding clients, whatever. I hope yeah. you with that. I said to her, I'll protect you from the bad points of working with clients and I will um, like celebrate your work to them and, and make it clear like that, stuff that you do that's good is is your your work and stuff like that i won't take credit for it yeah um, i said to her like tell me your day rate and i will always pay pay your day rate or above your day rate when i can yeah um, but i said in return for that um the quality like can't ever drop and and that's why people work with us that's still why people work with us because they know that um the projects that we work on we treat it like like it's our own company or our own project yeah. said, as long as you understand the the quality of the, the product and the output doesn't drop, then it will be fine and we'll have the best time. Um, and that's basically, and fortunately, again, she agreed. Um, yeah. And that's basically how it went. The projects we, we've worked on together have been amazing. We've had some of the, like, the most insane feedback from companies. We've worked on, like, some awesome projects as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just one of the best um, hires, I guess. I could have ever made, although one of the few. Yeah. As well. If your first hire to go so well, <laughs> like that is incredible, mate. I think a lot of it is just down to like, I think that like honesty up front. I said to her, like, I'll be as flexible as, as I can. Like, I'll tell you if, if there's no work, I'll tell you if I can't like pay you for stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll be flexible if you want to take like a week off or you want to take a month off, blah, blah, blah. Then that's fine. I said, like, if you don't want to work evenings and weekends, that's totally fine. Um, but, I think laying it out on the table of like really what I'm prepared to give and what I'm, what I need back from the start, I think probably solved a lot of headaches. Um, I think it's one of the things I was most nervous about is I, I don't particularly enjoy like confrontation with people and like getting into arguments and stuff like this. So yeah, that's one of the things that made me most nervous. Um, but I knew that also the quality of, the work is one thing that I really wasn't going to compromise on at all. And so yeah. I needed to make that clear from the start. Um, and that's really the only way I could have done it, I think. 
Mate, it sounds brilliant. Clearly it worked out. Thank God. <laughs> How um, many designers do you work with today? So um, today is like is interesting. I've this year's been slightly slower, I guess, than last year. Yeah. Um, it's most projects have been still with with like me on everything. I've had a few projects with Sade, although a little bit less than last year. And then I also have a girl called Dishita as well, who who helps, who's a bit more like um, operations stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I have a few friends who are like videographers or um, editors and stuff like that who help with like a few bits whenever we do like video stuff. We've done a couple of like video projects. Um, and then a couple of designers that I've tried to work with on, on branding stuff. Um, yeah. For the most part, I've just ended up working on those myself. So it's, it's probably like four of us. My brother helps on some bits as well. Yeah. He probably hates it because he's he's not a designer. I don't think he has any any plans yeah. to become a designer. Um, so yeah, probably like three of us at the moment, four of us maybe. It kind of fluctuates, to be honest, depending on what the project is. No. Okay. So four project, uh, four, four designers. You've been going around for three years. What's been your biggest project so far or the one that you're most proud of? Um, we've had some awesome ones, actually, like a lot that I really loved. Some of the ones I'm most proud of are projects that were my friends' companies. Um, yeah. I mean, that I, I actually didn't really plan for at the start, but we had almost a whole year. I think we had like 10 or 11 months where every project was a company, like one of my friends' companies. Yeah. And was just like the most insane feeling. Like, I think that was maybe 2021, maybe, or 2022, I can't honestly remember. Yeah. And um, being able to just like help my friends, like we're bouncing ideas on WhatsApp calls at like 3 a.m. And then we were like, we're meeting up on the weekend to work on stuff. It was insane. It was, it's one of the best things that's like, that's happened for sure. And I jump at the opportunity to work on those projects now. I literally just wrapped up like a whole, design project with one of my my closest friends on his company and it's just it's just a be the best project yeah i know you just asked for one i've got i've got to give, you <laughs> give me a, give me more man there's a company called Trimit, which was a yeah. mobile barbershop service um yeah. that was probably one of the the piece of work that got me the most like attention as well was just like an awesome company awesome team yeah. um thingtesting.com um yeah. the founder jenny is like amazing i've known her for years and so to be able to work on that with Sade as well was just like an absolute dream yeah um landscape the one that we just, just wrapped up now yeah awesome um another one called outburst it's like an online community platform again the founder of that um kieran was one of the first friends i made in london really when i first moved here and so yeah getting to work on companies like that for people was just like the best um and yeah. i'm I feel genuinely like extremely fortunate to be in that position to to be able to not only like them to give me the work, but them to give me the work, knowing that like I'm gonna really like care care for it, put yeah. the, the hours in to make it work, care about the details and stuff, and give them something at the end that they're like really proud of. And um and yeah, it's fine getting it. I mean, it's great getting feedback from clients saying like, oh, we love your work, blah blah blah. But when it's like someone who's like close to you and like. You invite them yeah. to your family as well and stuff like that, and you see them succeeding. It's yeah. totally different, different feeling. Let's go a long way. Okay, those are some companies. They're, they're really cool companies. A few of them, uh, I've been, you know, fortunate to fortunate enough to know some of the people behind them as well, and what they've built. So, being a, even being on the outside, being able to see your work live in production, that's that's been quite crazy from just like a spectator standpoint. Uh, I'm always excited whenever you release a new project, man. I'm. Um, it's funny. I'm. I'm actually a bit secretive with our work. Um, partly yeah. due to, to. Um, partly due to, uh, I guess, busyness and workload. Yeah. Due to, um, just like I've just got like a weird perfectionism as well, which is like extremely frustrating. <laughs> and I've been, um, yeah, I've been harassed about it by friends, clients my parents um yeah even Sade, luke and Tashita on my team as well yeah in the sense that like i i very rarely up, update the october website um yeah. i rarely post anything on twitter anymore i rarely post any of my work on instagram um which is bad it's extremely yeah bad. um and i mean the october instagram for example i don't i think it's got three posts on there and none of them are our work 
it's just yeah. like graphical stuff so it's something that i'm really working hard to change um yeah it's just i i have such like i think an appreciation for so many different styles that it's hard to nail down one way that i want to do something and yeah that's probably my biggest problem i think it's it's probably a bit of an an adhd trait yeah um, and uh and i know it frustrates a lot of people around me and and it's yeah. it's definitely a detriment to like our work as well because some of the stuff that we put out i'm super super proud of yeah uh, but a lot of people just don't see it and so it's something that i'm i'm really actually at the moment working working hard to sort out basically mate if you ever need uh any pointers i'll be telling you to flip a coin or eeny meeny miny mo and just go with something i think so i think it's the best way <laughs> but perfectionism is a curse uh and a blessing or a blessing and a curse for mo most of us designers you mentioned before that you've done some work with corporate companies or companies that require pitch decks. How did you manage to land those clients? Um, that was an interesting one as well. It's one that I, I almost kind of fell into a little bit. Um, so I first started doing presentations or designing presentations when I was at university. Yeah. Um, and there's one good story that one of my, my closest friends, Jordan, uh, is very keen to remind me of regularly where we had to give a presentation at uni and everyone was using, um, I think, PowerPoint. Or um, yeah, or some kind of like cloud thing, Google Slides maybe, and um, and everybody refused. Uh, sorry, everyone was using that, and I refused to do it. I refused to use that, and I wanted to use Keynote for mine because I could design it better. And we were we were given a presentation in this big kind of like auditorium like space at, at uni, and everyone was sat up on all these seats, and the lecturers were there. Mm. And I stood at the front for probably close to forty minutes, making everybody wait while I got it set up so I could share the keynote by cloud onto the computer yeah. blade because I, I refused to use anything that would compromise the, the design that I could do. And, uh, and needless, <clears throat> needless to say, everybody in the room was absolutely furious about it. Um, but I refused to do anything different. Um, and, uh, and that's really kind of where it started. Like I, I got interested again in this idea of, the constraint of just like a slide and being able to put everything on there in the best way and just and show it in the best way mm. and uh and from there i got involved in a lot of pitches when i worked at the design agency um the one i mentioned in, in oxford was called Incuna. um i did lots of pitch work for them on um on pitches for for projects on pharmaceutical companies things like that yeah and i spent a lot of time designing those working on animations and stuff to get nice transitions and things just basically anything that would, I guess, make it more memorable, bring more attention to it, stuff like that. Um, even building entire like mock-ups of like apps and things in Keynote just to show in presentations. Um, a lot of crazy stuff. And that's kind of where it, it got interesting. When I first started doing it for clients was when I was, I was in London. I was working with a bunch of different startups. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember I did, a, I did some branding work. I did a, a website. Um, and then the company said to me, do you happen to do pitch decks? And I said, yeah, yeah, I can do a sure. pitch deck. No problems. So they sent it over and I um, was just looking at what they had, which like I mentioned earlier, was a, a white page with black text. And so I started treating it like UI, like I mentioned earlier, and I was designing like yeah. everything from like the page number indicators and stuff in the same style as what we were using on their website and their app and things like that. And, um, using the same fonts and the same gradients and stuff as on the website and really treating it like an extension of those, those things rather than a separate document that had just like one purpose, I guess. Um, I did that one and then they showed their investor and then their investor asked if I could help one of their other companies do it. And then I did theirs and then the investor was raising a new fund and then they asked if I could do the presentation for their fund and it kind of snowballed from there. And to be honest, it's, um, it's been one of the biggest like recurring project types for the agency, basically all the studios. So everything we do is is UI UX, um, yeah. pitch decks, or branding, and that's that's pretty much everything. And then occasionally we do some some other small random thing. Yeah, but that makes up like ninety five percent of the work. And um, like I mentioned before, it's one of those things I think where fortunately I got in with some investors and and they didn't know that many other designers and and once they saw the quality was good and the effort was good and the fact that i was willing to to work friday night and saturday night and sunday night for a quick yeah. like this 
think it makes a difference for sure. And if people know that they can rely on you when when they really need it, yeah, uh, makes a big difference, I think. And um, and it's fun. The other side of it is just it, it's fun. I like doing presentations and stuff, and I like I like messing around. A lot of the stuff that I do for clients, I I learned it because I was just messing around myself trying to do some nice stuff. And like I mentioned, I did a bunch yeah. of talks in my uni. I pissed a bunch of people off there by messing around with the design. <laughs> now I yeah. get for clients and get paid for it. So what could be better? Doesn't sound bad. Doesn't sound bad at all. I mean, it allows you to not have to have a full-time job at the moment. And I guess that's that's something that's really hard to sustain in this economy right now. So yeah, it sounds like it's going well. Definitely. I've got a final question. Well, I've got two final questions. One thing that's really big, um, it, it means a lot to me, especially considering our audience is largely people that may be looking at their first jobs in the industry, is sal salary transparency. Now, I don't know if I, I've probably put it somewhere on Twitter, but I like to explain what my first salary was. And because everyone that I'm hopefully going to interview has already had a few, I hope it's not too sensitive. But just in case, my first salary was 32K. I, was a, I got hired as a digital designer for an agency in manchester what was yours going back a few years my first i mean my first non-design salary was probably yeah. ooh, eighteen thousand, maybe sounds about right <laughs> first design salary i think was slightly above that 22 maybe 20, yeah 23 around that probably maybe 24 if it was a push yeah uh, and then my second design job i got i think was 30 six maybe 36,000 yeah sounds like it, it the, the pay jumps were nice they yeah. were I think um it's it was probably happening at like a good time as well like I think companies were yeah. more aware of like the value of design and stuff um yeah. although I still think I was especially in the second one I was probably underpaid I was definitely doing a lot of a lot of different jobs yeah that I can relate to and I know what you mean in terms of design, um, what was you, how old was you when you got your first job? I didn't ask. Uh, pretty much straight first out. Design job, sorry. Straight. My first design job in the, in the, when I did uh, my work placement at uni, I was yeah. probably nineteen. I reckon okay. nineteen. Um, yeah. I've been doing some small like client projects and stuff before that when I was like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, whatever. But yeah. um, my first real job was, was probably nineteen in design, I think. Okay. What do you look forward to the most in the future? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I think I talked to you before about where I said oh, there was one point where I, I definitely wanted to build the, the biggest or the best design agency. Yeah. Um, but I said maybe I, that wasn't my goal anymore. Maybe my goal was actually to build like a small design agency where the work is really good. Um, everyone's having a great time. Everyone is paid super well and has a lot of flexibility and stuff. I would love to do that still. Yeah. Um, I think what I'm interested in at the moment is um, is kind of like really fulfilling myself creatively across a lot of different areas. Yeah. So I want to explore things like clothing. I want to explore photography more. I want to explore, um, I don't know, everything. I want to touch like every kind of, Design, I think that's the most interesting thing to me at the moment. Product design, yeah. physical product design, I would love to do. Yeah. Um, and so I think at the moment is, I would even love to do films like TV, movies, stuff like that. I think would be such an interesting um, thing to work on. So I think at the moment it's how do I build like a good foundation for that as of like a good sustainable business that makes like good money that, yeah. um, that does great work. And how can I build these other things off the side of that um, to kind of build almost like a, a, a bit of a network of companies, I guess. Yeah. And that's the main thing. Um, I, de I definitely feel a lot of like um, fulfillment of doing a lot of different stuff. Just doing UI UX design, I probably would go insane. Just doing pitch decks, I'd probably go insane. <laughs> Being able to like pick up a camera and go and take some photos. My friends, I, I absolutely like I, yeah. I doing it. And so um, I think that's that's what I'm most excited about is like how can I how can I reach a point where like I'm doing that and, and in a way that like makes good money I get to work with with great people with great companies yeah. um, 
I think that's really is the goal. Okay. I like that. Very rounded again. Um, I guess you're just a really founded person. <laughs> good, in I, terms, I think that's a good thing. In terms of creatives, companies, brands, where they exist in the realm of design, of course, but also just as a creative themselves, worded horribly, but I think you'll get where I'm going with this. Who do you take inspiration from the most? Or who are three people that, or three brands that you take inspiration from? Um, I love answering this question because I have so many answers to it as well. Um, yeah. And despite some of his like craziness over the last probably five years, um, yeah. <laughs> you know who I'm going to say. I, I yeah. adore um, Kanye West as like yeah. a musician, as a creative person. I, I've watched every interview with him, basically. There's one that stands out that he did with the Oxford Union. Uh, Oxford University yeah and um if you haven't watched it and even if you absolutely hate him you despise him I yeah. say if you're a creative person it's a must watch because although the sound quality is terrible and the video quality is probably even worse yeah. um the stuff that he says in there is is absolutely spot on and it's um I I genuinely think about the stuff that he says in there probably like every month if not every week um still to this day and it's like the how he thinks about creativity, um, being a multidisciplinary like creative as well, I think is like is so valuable. The stuff that he says, yeah. um, and and that was at a time when he probably hadn't even fully proved it. I think now with what he's done in fashion and architecture and stuff, blah blah, I think is um, he's really proved that the stuff that he was saying back then is true. Um, that's one. Another one that I absolutely love is um, a guy called Ronnie Feig, who um, is the founder of a clothing brand called Kith. Um, mm -hmm. He's also like extremely interesting. I I love the brand. Take a lot of its inspiration from there. Um, there's um, Teddy Santis from Amelion Door. Um, take a lot of inspiration from them. Um, who else? There's a a photographer, a famous photographer called Slim Aarons as well, from like a mm -hmm. photography point of view. I think he's like one of the best. There's a lot, and it really varies across a lot of different different places. There's um there's a guy called Arthur Casas, who's a Brazilian yeah. architect. His work is like is unbelievable. Um so yeah, it, there's a, a big mix, but I would say if you're interested in in lots of different space of creativity check those ones out i think they're all, all awesome and i will say actually on top of that as well yeah there's one interview that i think is amazing on youtube called um it's by complex part of their their blueprint series yeah uh, and it's um it's john mayer the singer oh, yeah. and, um jerry lorenzo from fear of god yeah and uh, they basically just sit down and just talk about like design and creativity and stuff for like an hour or something and it's well worth watching um and so yeah that's another awesome one okay brilliant we've got got a good list of people to look into some of them already heard about but even the founder from kip uh, i've never come across so i'm more than happy to Please. research and i'm sure the the rest of the community would like that my last question uh i'm a big fan of reading i like to just take as much content in doesn't really matter what genre it is but i always ask people do they read first of all um do you read? actually embarrassingly i i almost never read um my my girlfriend is like a huge book reader and she showed me the other day that she's read 160 books or something and i Jeez. had to just kind of quickly change the subject um I, I don't read books that much, although I, I used to read a lot and I, yeah. and I absolutely love reading. I just feel like I don't have the attention span for it these days. Um, okay. I watch a lot of interviews, like a lot of video interviews, um, a lot of articles and yeah. spend a lot of time reading like threads on Twitter, which is probably like not even a good thing. But um, and I would love <laughs> to get back into reading if I'm honest. But yeah, um, sadly, I don't. I, I take in my um, my advice and content in other ways i guess if there's any book that i would advise you to read whether it's audiobook or physical it would be shoe dog i think your personality from what i know of you um you would be impressed by the attention to detail that phil knight had in terms of business operation 
and his overall desire to build something of value, as well as that the people that he employed and even his co-founder, um, how they approached life and approached building a business. As you can imagine, Nike as a brand, it, it started out being running shoes for track and field athletes and where it's at today. Um, you know, it's clothing, it's lifestyle, it's still footwear, it's it's a movement, it's a culture. And I think you would you would be fascinated by the story of Full Night if you haven't checked them out already. And I will. I've actually got the book somewhere here. I bought it. Seriously. I've got the book here somewhere. Oh, mate. And uh, and it I it's probably eight years old or something now. Um, please yeah i need to dig it out and i will read it because i watched the um the air movie recently yes yes and, yes. Uh, and yeah loved it and i i'm well aware of the story and yeah. uh, a lot of the things you said but i will read it yeah. i'd love to to get in more detail mate the book's even better uh, yeah you would like you'd like his story it might inspire a few things when it comes to becoming an interdisciplinary uh creative that's good let's say I'm, I'm worried it says one thing i don't need any more is probably inspiration <laughs> at the moment <laughs> it's execution at this point all right james how do how can people find you um you can find me on any social social media i'm on instagram i'm on twitter um you can check yeah. out my website octoberwip.com um shoot me an email i'm um, yeah. always happy to connect and give advice okay no worries uh i appreciate you for joining us today Thank you. I appreciate it. All good. <laughs>